Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So every summer in my city, me and my friends like to make small campfires in chill, secluded areas because we don't want to drive an hour to an actual campsite and pay any campsite fee to do so. These also happen pretty spontaneously, so it's a a nice last minute hang just to do for us. There's this one spot near my house that's located by a river that's really nice because no one usually goes there. The only thing to be worried about are bears though because living in the Pacific Northwest is challenging like that and my house specifically is located right next to the mountains and the forest. Now, one particular night at 11pm, I decided to go ahead of my friends and meet them at the spot and set things up early because I want us to be chilling once they all get here. The spot that I get to has a two minute paved walkway I have to go through and then I have to take a small trail ramping down the right side of the bridge that crosses over the river. Along this paved walkway are two lamps located at halfway and another at the start of the bridge or the ramp down to the campfire spot. So 
I park my car at the beginning of the trail on the street and bring my campfire stuff like flashlight, lighter, small firewood, small shovel to dig out the pit, etc. I get to the spot and it's a small sandy beach kind of embankment on the side of the river with a small wading area for toddlers with their families during the hot summers. I set up the chair and I get to dig in the pit with only my flashlight illuminating where I'm digging. I'm also shoveling the sand right next to me, nowhere near the water, but all of a sudden I hear a loud splash. A splash so loud that it can only come from something equally large, like a two-hand sized rock or something. I'm confused because I swear that I'm not throwing my sand into the water, even though I'm only a few feet away I guess. I shine my flashlight at the water and I don't see anything. So I kind of just brush it off, thinking I'm just hearing things. But as I keep shoveling a bit more, I hear another loud splash. At this point, I think something is falling from above because logically something must be falling into the water. I point the flashlight above where some trees are above the river and I don't see anything big enough to make that sort of splash. So as I keep digging with my heart rate kind of going at this point... I hear a rustling past the arch where the bridge goes over the river. I quickly grab my light and shine it towards where I heard the rustling. I call out, Hello? There's no response. In my own head, it was a bear. I should be getting out of there immediately, but there was no bear or signs of anything for that matter. So I tell myself I must just be hearing things now because... I mean, I've seen horror movies before and my mind is playing tricks on me, right? But then, I hear the noise again and it clearly sounds like leaves being rustled, so I shine my flashlight over to the area again and as I focus my eyes towards the illuminated area, I then see the naked back of a man hunched over. I was kind of frozen in anxiety and stress because... Honestly, of all the things I was to see, I didn't think that I'd see the naked back of some dude. From the quick analysis my brain could muster up, he looked to be in mid-40s, shaved, not bald, and medium-ish build, like a mix between chubby and built, I guess. But as I had my flashlight staying on his back, he started to stand up, and the first thing that I noticed was that he was not wearing any pants either. My next reflex was to start packing up all my stuff and getting the heck out of there because now I'm piecing in my head that he must have been throwing things into the water to scare or shoo me away. So after using my reflexive deductive skills, I proceeded to speed walk out of there with all of my stuff. I'm carrying all of my things with me and briskly walking up the ramp and I'm now on the paved path out of the forest. I can feel my heart beating in my chest, and I'm frequently looking back to make sure that I'm not being followed. I am in Crocs, mind you, so I'm hoping that if I have to book it out of here, I'd regret not being in sport mode from the get-go. I make it to the halfway point, though, and a sense of relief starts setting in, knowing that I made it safely out of this very scary situation. But as I check behind me for the final time... I see something. Slowly creeping over the ramp is the naked man crawling on all fours as if 
he was a primate walking. His head was positioned towards me, looking at me as he made his way to the middle of the paved walkway. He slowly then gets up from his stance and starts standing on his feet and positions his body to face me. After setting himself into this new position, the man then starts running towards me. Well, at that, I absolutely booked it. I ran as hard and as fast as I could down that path. My flashlight jumped out of my pocket at one point and I lost it, but I didn't care because, I mean, a whole naked man was chasing me at 11pm at night in a secluded forest. I looked back for a split second and the man was still running towards me, still completely naked. He could have my flashlight for all I cared at that moment. I wanted to make it out of this situation alive. I finally made it out of the forest and I run to my car, which is only 30 feet away from the end of the forest. I desperately get to my car and, like a classic horror movie, I fumble with trying to get my key fob to unlock my car. And yes, I actually dropped my keys and quickly think to myself, I'm actually going to die. But I brush the thought off and pick them up. I finally get a hold of my fob properly, unlock my doors, and throw my things into the back seat before quickly getting into the driver's seat. This felt like an eternity, but in hindsight, was most likely about six seconds altogether. As I try to guide my key into the ignition, I am fixated on the end of the paved path that I was just at a few seconds ago, waiting to see if the naked man was still coming. I feel my key to go into the ignition, and I switch my sights onto the road in front of me, and then I zoom out of the area as fast as I could. As I drive away and I'm a good 30 seconds from the location of the horror that just took place, I get a call on my phone. It was my friends calling me asking if I'd made it to the spot yet, and all I say to them is, guys, do I have a crazy story to tell you? I pull up to my house because, again, it was actually decently close to the campfire area, and I tell them the whole story the way that I told it just now. They swear that it was none of them trying to prank me or anything like that too, and I also knew none of them would try to full sprint at me with their dong out like that. But as we're just talking out in front of my house, there's a college student who looks like he was walking home that's going towards the direction of where I encountered the naked man. I just yelled out to him, Hey, uh, man, be careful, there's a naked guy that was chasing me by the bridge that crosses over the river there. He responds saying, Oh, really? I gotta go over the bridge to go home. All I tell him is, good luck, man. The next day, I reported it to the police by phone, but they sent over an officer so I could tell them in person and show them where the area that I saw these things was at. When we went to see where I initially saw the man's back hunched over, they said that they didn't see any trace of anyone being there previously. But the officer did say that they would make a note of it anyways, in case it ever happens again. Some friends say that it was a skinwalker. Others say, more realistically, that it's either a homeless, mentally ill, or drunk, or high person. One theory I've heard my friends say is that it's a future version of me pulling a prank on past version of me because, honestly, if or when time travel is real, I would totally screw with my younger self like that. Anyway, that's my story and it's something that will always stick with me. That feeling of running away like that in the dark is 
something that will never leave me. It is something that I often still talk about with all of my friends. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So, I was on an ocean crossing from San Pedro, California, to Papite, Tahiti, on a 60-foot sloop. We left in early July. It was 5,500 miles, and it was me, first mate, another crew, and a first-time captain. I was the head of night watchman, along with the other crewmen. It was the night of day 12 as well, and we were like a 1,000-plus nautical miles from any land and there were no ships on the AIS for hundreds of miles. It was around three in the morning, two hours before my shift was done, and we had a policy of only using red light in the cockpit at night to save our night vision in case we need to go forward and fix something. I was looking at the nav when I felt something watching me from the aft of the ship. There's not a lot of interaction with anything other than the crew out there, so... You know when there's another presence almost. Happens a lot when there's whales or dolphins too. Hard to explain, but if you know, you know. Anyway, the ship had a swim step on the stern and a two-ish foot tall transom until you got into the actual cockpit. I looked back at the stern and crouching on the swim step, so only its forehead, eyes and hands were visible, was... A blackish grey thing. Whatever it was, it was bald and looked shiny and it was staring intently directly at me with beady eyes reflecting the red light due to the cockpit. I completely froze and after meeting its gaze for a few moments, stared directly ahead at the nav. A moment later I heard a splash which made me look back and when I did, it was gone. The crewman with me didn't see it and 
I didn't say anything about it for a couple of days. Then at dinner one evening, the captain told us of something that he had seen in the early hours of the morning ring that day. Then at dinner one evening, the captain told us of something that he had seen in the early hours of the morning ring that day. A dark, slender thing, treading water next to the ship, lazily bobbing there but never taking its eyes off of the captain. I then relayed my story to him and the crewman and we just couldn't come up with an explanation. We didn't see anything else for the rest of the trip but we all did get that sense that we were being watched when we were alone on the deck. So, Soren, Mermaid, Sea Demon, I have no idea. I live in the Klamath Mountains in eastern Oregon, about 20 miles from the Californian border. Growing up, I spent a lot of time outside camping, hunting, fishing, etc. Well, a few months ago, I had a strange experience on a family trip to our cabin near Crater Lake, and I wanted to see if anybody else could help me maybe find more info on what I saw. So... I was by myself bird watching in a small pond in the woods, maybe half a mile from the cabin in the late afternoon. I was sitting on a big log with binoculars. I wasn't in a blind or anything, but I picked a spot where I thought I'd be less visible to any animals. After about an hour, I hadn't seen much, except a few common ducks, and it didn't seem like many animals were very active, so I was thinking about leaving. This was maybe about an hour before sunset, I think, but then I saw something move in the trees across the pond, probably a hundred feet away. It was just a, a flash between trees and I didn't really get any kind of good look at it. But I kept watching the spot and after maybe five minutes I saw something dart from one tree to another. It was bigger than most any local bird except maybe a, a heron and moved very fast without making any noise but I still didn't really know what I was looking at. This happened again a few minutes later and then again a few minutes after that. Each time it seemed to be moving closer as well, to the pond that is. I don't think it knew that I was there, but it was staying incredibly well hidden and only revealed itself for a split second at a time. At this point, I'm thinking maybe it's a kit fox or a pine marten because of how fast and silently it moved but I still hadn't got a good look at it, any part of it, in any detail yet. It moved between trees a few more times, until it was behind a big dead tree right on the shore. I was staying as still and silent as possible, but still worried that it would see or more likely smell me and I would spook it. But after a few more minutes, I saw something move at the edge of the water. A little arm and hand that looked just like a human's, reached out and touched the mud, and then the head and the other arm came into view as it leaned out to drink from the water. I could only see the head and the shoulders and arms from where I was, but they looked so much like a person's, except it was way too small and covered in what looked like, I don't know, like grayish-brown fur. The face wasn't exactly human either, more monkey-like, but it was too far away to see much detail. 
I decided to lift my binoculars to get a closer look, but as soon as I moved, it looked up and then disappeared back behind the tree again. I watched until it started to get dark, but I didn't see it again, not even darting behind the trees. I went back to the cabin and I told my grandpa what I saw. He's been a rancher in this area his whole life. And he said, sounds like you ran into a hide behind and just laughed. I said, no grandpa, seriously, this isn't a joke. He said that he'd heard stories about Bigfoot and hide behinds and several times saw little human footprints on hunting trips deep in the mountains where really no children would be. What I mean is that I think he believed me, but he really didn't know much. I asked my dad and brothers, but they just started giving me a hard time about squatching. I went back to the pond the next day and walked around to where the creature had been, but I didn't find any tracks or scat or fur or anything. I did figure that it had to be probably about three and a half or four feet tall based on the trees that I'd seen it near, but narrow enough to hide completely behind a pine, which makes me think that it must have been standing and moving upright. And really, that's it. I wish I'd seen more of it, but that face and hands were absolutely not like any local animal. It looked very much like a monkey or a furry little human. I've tried to find more info, but the only cryptid people seriously talk about in this area is Bigfoot. The hide behind seems to be like a joke around here. There may be little people or humanoids in some of the local Native American folklore, but not a lot of detail that I could find. Anyway... I really do hope someone here has some idea as to what I might have seen. It was a very unique and memorable experience and any further information would be appreciated very much. My name is Anastasia and a few days ago something happened that whenever I think about it makes me feel sick. You see, we moved to an east coast town about maybe a year ago to be closer to family. So close, in fact, that my aunt, her wife, and my cousins are only 10 minutes walk from my house. Granted, we are very spaced out and borderline rural despite living about 15 minutes from the outskirts of a big city. But in any case, I was walking my two little dash hounds back home from my aunt's house. My mum hates it when I'm alone the majority of the day, so... I spent time at their house and I was genuinely enjoying my time. It was cold and quiet but oddly beautiful that day. I got home, fed my pups and two birds and FaceTimed a friend. I was talking with them and doing chores and was admittedly being loud and giggly when taking out the trash to the cans on the side of my house. I get back inside and lay down in bed still chatting when my bird starts calling out at something. Now... Anyone who has owned a parrot knows that they have a distinct noise for certain moments. She's been in my family for like 76 years and with me my whole life, so I knew the sound was alarm or intrigue. I brush it off as her seeing herself in the window reflection and go back to talking to my friend. I get up to get some water and my back is to the sliding glass door, thankfully locked, when my 
friend has the wind knocked out of him. I'm confused and think that he's hurt, and he tells me, go back to your room now. I initially scoff, but then I see it in my camera view. There is a man with his face and hands pressed up against the glass door. He's a middle-aged white guy in a grey pullover and dark pants, and with a grin on his face. My friend, ever the best in panic situation, tells me, don't look at him, just go to your room. I was shaking so hard, I'm blubbering and decide to lock me and my dogs in my closet. My parrot is still going crazy, mind you. English isn't my first language and it's bad when I'm shocked, so I revert back to my native language, which he doesn't know. Luckily, my friend knows to take charge and he tells me that he'll be over in 10 and he calls the police. I'm thinking that I can run to my mum's room and find the gun, so if the guy comes into the house, I can blow a quarter-sized hole in his chest if I need to. I'm debating getting up when I hear tapping on my window. It's slow and intentionally creepy and my stupid dog starts barking. I'm ready to accept my death at this point. I'm a teenage girl, home alone, and I am about to die, it seems. But wait, my aunt should about to be leaving for work at this point. I shoot her a quick text telling her that there's a man at our place. The tapping has stopped and I then think it's over when I realize something that makes my heart fall into my stomach. I left the front door unlocked when I took out the trash this keeps getting worse and I beg my friend to hurry. The tapping thankfully returns to my window and I can only close my eyes and hope that someone gets here quickly. It felt like such a long time crying to another teen who's breaking multiple traffic laws. Never before have I been so grateful to hear another man's voice yelling outside of my house at one in the morning. It was my godsend neighbor. Apparently his pregnant wife was having bad nausea and went out on the deck and where it's situated you can see my whole backyard. She got a bad feeling after seeing the unfamiliar man approach my door and woke her husband up to check it out. And honestly, I thank God every day for that woman because I think she may have actually saved me. I let my neighbors into my house and my aunt comes about four minutes later packing major heat my friend was not long after her. I went from home alone to an impromptu house party of concerned people. The police get there like 10 minutes later and they didn't just take 30 minutes to arrive to the scene either, which is not normal, right? On the brighter side, my bird wasn't too alerted by this encounter and went back to eating not five minutes later and my dogs were just as happy to see all the people as I was. My friend has been staying the nights with me since then. I'm honestly finding it hard to be home alone at this point, despite the fact that an arrest was actually made. I'm thankful that my neighbor had such good instincts and that my aunt and friend were so quick on their feet, because honestly, this could have been just so much worse. My great-grandfather homesteaded in Alaska before all the housing developments and heavy traffic came in. It used to be a really quiet area, very swampy, super cold in winter. 
You'd walk through the swamp and hit patches not quite frozen all the way through, even in the deepest part of winter. Now, obviously, that in and of itself isn't unusual. Running water doesn't always freeze. It's a geological active area too. Like, there's reasons for that. However, my great-grandfather spent time in Ireland before settling in Alaska, and he liked to tell how, when he was there, he rescued a pair of fairies and made a pact with them in exchange for being able to see things nobody else could. He'd apparently take them with him and provide alcohol to their liking. When he settled in the homestead, he liked to tell this story that he brought the fairies with him. And so long as they had a drop of alcohol and good company in the cold winter, there they would stay. Now, we did see something on occasion at the swamp. Not just as kids too, but even as adults. They looked like fireflies or a ball of light, mostly in white, but you'd see one in red or blue now and again. Not like slightly red or slightly blue, like red M&M or blue M&M sort of color, but glowing type of red or blue. We also saw them inside the cabin a couple of times. Sometimes they would follow you or collect nearby while we were chopping firewood, but not always. The red one was almost always around when someone got hurt though, but we were all fairly convinced that it made bad things happen. I'm not sure if people outside of our family saw them, but I do know everyone within my immediate family had at least a handful of direct experiences with them, and at least one negative experience with the red light, or fairy as my family's always called it. The cabin had a, a sort of lodge style design I suppose. The rooms were lofted and to either side of the living room kind of like in hotels where there's an open middle section, banisters surrounded it with rooms on opposite sides. And while none of that really matters all that much except that from upstairs you could see either side of the wall dividing the kitchen and the sunroom and on more than one occasion, you would see these little balls of light hit the wall and just keep going out the other side. You would also hear whistling sometimes, kind of an echo of what my great-grandfather sounded like when he was drinking, and as he liked to say, chatting with the fairies in his putter room. It would happen when you were in the swamp as well and in the house, and when you were the only one on the property at all. The homestead burned down shortly after my great-grandfather passed away, maybe seven years ago, and so far, nobody is in a hurry to rebuild there. I do wonder sometimes, though, if the lights are still out there or the whistling, but I'm really not in any rush to go and find out. Mainly because, I don't know, something tells me that they're not fairies. This, this happened last night and I'm still pretty freaked out about it. We're up at my father-in-law's for Christmas. He lives in South Jersey in a pretty remote area just north of Burn State Forest. It's quiet and always a little eerie but felt especially weird with the overcast weather and unseasonable warmth of the last few days. We did Christmas dinner at my brother-in-law's and got back pretty late because of the radiator heat and outside temps, we slept with the window open that night. I woke up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom, and as I was drifting back to sleep, I heard a low wail 
building in volume for a few seconds before stopping abruptly. I figured that it was just an odd sounding bird and tried to go back to sleep. It happened twice more over the course of about five minutes though. I was basically able to put it out of my head and start drifting back to sleep when I heard a loud, shrill blast like a, a too high elephant's trumpet. At this point, I shot up, heart racing. I knew that I had to close the window and it took a bit to build up to it. When I dragged myself out of bed, I peeked through the shutters before I reached to shut the pane. And whatever it was, had tripped a motion sensor light to the back of the property and was now half illuminated, standing maybe a hundred feet from the back door right at the tree line. It was cloaked with its head partially shrouded. The bottom of its face looked flat and round like the back of a dinner plate with another smaller, half-uncovered black circle at its center. It was humanoid and that was enough for me. I immediately slammed the window shut and it didn't move, just stood there with its face tilted towards the window. I shut the blinds and crept back into bed and basically hid until the sun came up. I didn't hear any more sounds after that. I dared another look out of the window after dawn and the figure was now gone. I managed to drift back to sleep for a few hours after that too. So, as anyone seen anything like this or know what it might be i'm frantically googling but nothing is really coming up i don't know what it is i've lived in the same house for the last 18 years and it's only gotten worse too i live in an old coal mining town in pennsylvania I know that my house is haunted, but I believe that that to be beside the point. Something is stalking my family. The first encounter I had was in the early 2010s. I heard my name being called repeatedly from far away, and it sounded like my friend. Started walking towards home and turned because I felt like I was being watched, I saw a dark humanoid figure that was at least seven or eight feet tall, and upon seeing it, I ran home. Things were fairly quiet as far as I can remember up until the last few years, but recently things have been amping up a lot. It started as rustling in the woods and the feeling of being watched. Next came the deer. So many deer... There was one too that I recall seeing multiple times in the same spot for a few days on my way home that just didn't look right. The most recent encounters has left me researching what to do. You see, two nights ago, my mum saw a pale white face with glowing eyes pressed up against the front door. She said that she froze in fear and didn't know what to do. Tonight, I got home after dark and walked toward my house. Seconds after I locked my car, I heard a, a blood-curdling scream come from the train tracks, followed by a very calm voice yelling help me very loudly. I froze in fear for a solid 15 seconds just listening. I slowly walked up my porch steps just listening to two different voices screaming at once, one frantic and screeching while the other was calm and just called out for help. 
I yelled in the front door for my mum because the frantic voice sounded vaguely like my younger sister, but I thought maybe she was messing around. When she came outside, it grew quiet and the frantic voice had stopped. We then heard help me one or two more times, faintly, but then nothing. My sister, she was at a friend's house and so it was definitely not her. We went to pick up dinner and there were deer everywhere again. Now, this isn't completely uncommon for PA to see a ton of deer, but like I said before, these ones were weird. They stared right at you and they never ran from the car at all, even if they were in the middle of the road too. So, someone, please help me and tell me what the heck is going on. What are these things? G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Bee Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.